0: The Askle Send Bytes Podcast with Margaret Mulholland.
1: Thanks for being with us, Caroline. So today on Send Bytes, we are going to talk to Caroline McCullum um, about speech and language. And really, Caroline, we had um, a wonderful session with Stephen, and we talked about developmental language disorder with Stephen Parsons. And we really thought we could build on that around what's happening in local areas to support speech and language therapy when we know that speech and language um, intervention is really hard to come by. To find a speech therapist is really hard to come by. So please introduce yourself and tell our audience who you are and what you do, and then we really dig in and talk about the work that you've been really instrumental in leading. Sure,
0: so thanks for having me. I'm Caroline McCallum, and I'm a speech and language therapist so I'm one of the clinical lead therapists in Hackney in London Um, my clinical specialism is autism in the day job. I'm also an NHS clinical entrepreneur and as part of that I guess we're going to chat about some of the work we've been doing here in Hackney. Um, Yeah and I am the founder of Verbo, which is I guess what we're going to chat a little bit about but really think about the the challenges that that uh education settings and children are facing.
1: Absolutely. And I was saying that Verbo is a sort of product, isn't it? Um, and I'm fascinated by it. And I was just explaining to Caroline that because um, this is an Askel podcast and we we wouldn't be endorsing a product. But what we really want to do in this session is learn a bit about this product in order to understand the space that it addresses, the chat, the issues it addresses, and that there are other products like Verbo. But I really think the story behind why you've developed something that schools can access in what I would say, if I'm right, is is really the ordinarily available space and what we talk oh. about for senders universal provision. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what Verbo is and how and why it came about. Yeah, so I
0: guess in in a nutshell Verbo is an online speech and language therapy toolkit for children and young people um, and the goal is to empower education staff to have the skills and resources at their fingertips to support the children and young people in setting where they are where they spend a lot of their their time and their educational careers. Um, I guess re- rewind back to 2021 COVID times. Um, so I, as I mentioned, I was an NHS clinical entrepreneur. And um I I sort of joined the, the program. It's a any NHS professionals listening, it's a great program to look into, but I joined it with the the idea um we thinking about the, the problems we're facing in speech and language at the moment. So we know that huge numbers of children have speech, language, and communication needs. And during COVID, we saw that exacerbated. And then alongside that, we're facing a recruitment crisis. You know, um, trying to get hold of a speech therapist, trying to get hold of a speech therapist for more than one session or a block of sessions can be really challenging. You know, and we're short staffed. The NHS is short staffed. The private sector is short staffed. Uh, I don't think it's a secret. And also alongside that, Schools are facing schools and education settings are facing similar recruitment difficulties, high turnover, changes, and there's lots of different reasons for those. But I guess that's the reality that there felt like there was this demand versus supply imbalance that we were we were facing. Um, and during COVID, um, I guess we all we all learned different things. But in, for us here in Hackney, schools closed their doors to us, understandably, because no one underst- understood at that point about the infection spread. Um, and therefore we were, we were faced with online working, many of us from home. Um, and so there were lots of things that were an absolute disaster and didn't work, but there were some things that really we thought, wow, why haven't we not been using this before? Really, we can take this somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so particularly was the use of video, oh, my light's gone off. (laughs) That's okay. It's not visual, is it? Um, so um so primarily the use of video the idea that someone can listen to something repeat it different people when staff change can listen to the same thing a ta could listen to something and watch something and then a teacher could also see that where they might not get that opportunity so um i kind of took some of these learnings and the idea of being more online to the Clinical Entrepreneur Programme and I met a, a, a tech company, a tech founder, he was an NHS doctor, and started chatting about this idea. And we came up with the idea of, a, of a having a, a software, a web application that was hopefully going to reflect how we would like to work in schools. So in Hackney, we, we are based in schools um, and we're very lucky to be based in schools um, and we're there regularly. We know that's not the case in lots of places in the country. Um, And what we really want to aim to do is spend a proportion of our time delivering what we call universal and targeted work. So supporting Mm -hmm. communication for all children and then giving schools um, the tools to be able to have a little bit more bespoke targeted intervention that may uh, help make more appropriate referrals, but also may support some children make progress that they don't need that referral and they can be supported at a school level. So what we wanted to do is try and reflect that model of working. Um, as, and we also know that in the staff shortage where things are a postcode lottery, that there's not always the luxury of that service. And it can be a very specialist service. And sometimes only the most complex children are getting seen. So we um start, we we applied for some grants. So Verbo has been grant funded by the NIHR and the Knowledge Assets Grant Fund. And um we started on a journey uh over nine months developing a web application. Um, yeah, we we was sort of co-produced with um, speech and language therapists, but primarily education staff to kind of listen to what the difficulties they're facing and how they would like those solved. Um, over those nine months, I've done a very different job <laughs> um, learning That's about things, that, yeah, things mm. that I didn't think I'd been learning about, legal things, video content, editing things. But mm-hmm. we have ended ourselves with this platform that provides uh, both downloadable and video mod, video content uh, that's there at the fingertips of education staff. So staff can go on. There's resources on there for um, universally. So there's environment audits. So things we would give out in school, but schools might be mm-hmm. waiting for. They might be waiting for us to email it or waiting for us to go in. Yeah. So there's things there they can get going with. There's staff trainings on there. One of the things schools really wanted was bite-sized trainings. Mm -hmm. um i don't know what other people's experiences but classically i might go in and deliver an hours inset or a half day inset um but actually they want a 10 minute video that they can show to a supply ta or agency staff or show in a staff briefing but not take up the whole meeting so some introductory videos to support everyone and then we had more tailored more tailored support so there's a large content library mainly downloadable resources but primarily it's um, video-based modelling, so speech therapists, explaining, and then modelling with children, real-life videos with real-life children, which are not all perfect, um, interventions and activities. And you can either look at all of these and filter by age groups and areas of need, but the uh, one of the targeted ways to access is to answer some screening questions. So someone who knows a child well, to answer some yes-no questions about how they're doing at school, which will then link to recommended target areas to work on, which in turn links to content items. So you can get going without having to wait. So if you are lucky enough to have a speech therapist, you don't still don't have to wait that week, two, three, four weeks. But um, if you don't have that access, it's giving you something to begin your plan do reviews to start informing the referrals that you
1: might have to yeah. wait exactly what i was just thinking what you actually just put into words there was the graduated approach wasn't it that actually at that universal level the assess plan do review you've you trigger that assessment and that can be done in the year two classroom in the year eight classroom or whatever to actually immobilize the next steps and collect that evidence to inform where that kind of intervention hopefully
0: make mm. those referrals better quality it's not necessarily going to reduce referrals that's not necessarily the outcome but it's going to make them a better quality and um, and then hand in hand what we've found is that having these resources available for speech and language therapists it's building capacity so mm. it's um you know you can direct schools to the content or you can support schools to to screen a child first and think about you know delivering something more bespoke and tracking it themselves and you know being confident in their skills that that's that's appropriate and you know they've got it they can do this um so it's also yeah helping that capacity building and and freeing up what precious time the therapist has to see the children they really need to be seeing for the amount of time they need to be seeing them
1: I I actually you've just reminded me I was talking to a speech therapist in um, a Buckinghamshire school a few weeks ago at the beginning of term and she said um, that she while she's based in the school in the secondary school she still finds she doesn't have sufficient time to focus on the things she thinks she needs to prioritize because she's dealing with those kind of first step questions and the directions and that's draining her capacity so even where there's a a speech therapist available which is such a luxury we know this resource can support capacity and I think this is what we believe about universal provision that if we're going to lots of our schools and lots of the audience listening to this will be working very hard on adaptive teaching for example because it's very much the area of focus for schools at the moment but actually having expert input from therapists around that adaptive practice is difficult to come by but from what you're saying that's something that Something like Verbo can can offer and can support.
0: Yeah, and what's been really interesting is that this has been a huge learning journey for us as a, as a team of NHS therapists. And when we first started developing this, I think we had in mind that this would be for schools. So an individual school would get Verbo and they would use it with their school. But what became apparent within just weeks um, was that actually regional areas or speech and language teams so what b- bigger i guess b- bigger authorities would like verbo to roll out so a speech and language team might like to roll it out to the schools that they're working in or likewise in a local authority so and uh, we did a bit of adjustment of the technology to mean that you can have different levels so if you work in multiple schools you can see all of them but um that's been really interesting to see it roll out in a in a regional area and particularly It's been particularly great where you've got the local authority and the NHS speech therapists and they're working together to make the Mm -hmm. most of the resources to build that capacity across the board. So to support schools implementing something, to support the speech therapist to build capacity and, and work hand in hand for that positive outcome.
1: I mean, it really sounds like in terms of the change partnerships that we know are an important rollout element of the Send an AP Improvement Plan, so those pilot areas that are undergoing changes in relation to the plan at the moment, that this kind of practice needs to be developed um, to support the capacity in those places, because I think capacity is our big challenge, isn't it? It is the Achilles heel, if you like. We, we, we just... If we haven't got capacity we've got to create it um and i loved what you said about um i i'd never heard of that nhs clinical entrepreneur <laughs> program wow we need one of those in education yeah, we definitely definitely, yeah. The idea <laughs> can't
0: rate it enough yeah yeah mm. and i think um it's been uh it's 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 been an incredible journey and what's been really interesting i was presenting yesterday at something and i pulled some data off of the server collects the data of what the impact measures what difference it's making what people are doing um and sometimes i look at an area and i look at their data and i in my head i might process it one way but then when you say it out loud so i looked at this this half this term so autumn term that's just gone and Across all the users, it was crazy like 7,000 videos have been watched, content videos, and that's bonkers, right? <laughs> that yeah. the, the, the intervention that wouldn't have otherwise necessarily been observed or modeled has been seen. And it's just amazing to think that it's reaching the children and that it's also changing staff's confidence to be able to think, Yeah, I can do it, I can, I know what to do, I don't need to wait. Like, yeah, that's great. And I
1: think that's what I was meaning about adaptive teaching we're doing so much modeling and scaffolding as part of those five a day if you like that we know make a difference to young people but actually the skills to model are are really you know we have got to practice them haven't we and having a video that you can go back to rather than a one-off experience that you may remember some of but you don't remember all of if you've had the access to the speech therapist actually having the video there and being able to go back to us again and again or review your practice in relation to that that that's really sure. that's really yeah. enhancing yeah
0: we've all been there haven't we been to the doctor or the physio <laughs> or something and got home and thought in the moment yeah got it i know what to do and you get home and it's not the same and you can't quite remember
1: yeah 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 they're yeah. no, really um, helpful and that's great to hear the impact um you know and the data the evidence that those videos are being utilized where you've seen it being reused really well by a school tell us a little bit about what it looks like in practice and what they've fed back i mean you've touched on that but just to give us a bit more insight
0: yeah what well, we've we've been able to get some really good user feedback um and it's great to constantly listen and be able to adapt to what schools are asking for i guess we sort of see slightly we see, seeing slightly different models in different schools so you get in some settings, so where there is a speech therapist, you get a model where the speech therapist is encouraging and they're, they've they got a certain section of um, pupils who are being supported by verbo. They're kind of helping a little bit at a distance and they might be using the resources to signpost. So, for example, if a child's having a specific intervention around grammar, they might signpost to that. Um, uh, or they might, yeah, or vocabulary. You mentioned Stephen Parsons earlier, so that like if there's a vocabulary approach, it might signpost to something about vocabulary. They might signpost. In a school where there's less accessibility to speech and language therapy, we're kind of getting two models. So where there is uh, TA support available, you're getting, and that this is prime, more primary, but some secondary. So where there's TA support available, it's being used to deliver interventions. So this, the teachers are screening. And then the tas are delivering interventions tracking them and then feeding back to the teacher and the senko. um and but then on the other side i've seen i've seen kind of two different models the other one is where i anticipate there's less ta support available and they've been using them much the videos much more as training so they've watched lots of staff training webinars but they talk to us about using like resource of the week. So sharing it in a staff briefing, looking primarily, you can one of the filters is looking at things that are appropriate for whole class. So sharing a resource of the week with everyone and then that being something to integrate um, or picking if there's certain pupils. I've, you know, some schools have talked about selecting pupils who are working towards the same thing and then making sure those staff, particularly in a secondary have all watched some of the ideas and interventions, and then think about how can we how can we incorporate that into whole class and I think that's something we're really keen to focus on because we know it's tough in schools where there aren't additional staff to run interventions um and really making sure that it feels like there are the right resources at fingertips to to get going and integrate it into class learning and irrelevant of the age.
1: It's really interesting you say that because I think that we would really like to maybe look at this in a secondary context, not because it, not because it's more important to do it that way, but because we know how much more difficult it can be yeah. to start accessing this at a secondary um, level and really to understand how, as you described, schools can use that training and build their capacity to really engage with this, so it's very accessible. It's been designed to be accessible, but I think until we've really taken the first layer off and schools have been able to look into how it works, then then maybe there'd be some reticence. But perhaps that's something we could look at together. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's something we could think about inviting some secondary practitioners who've used it to join you and just talk about that a little bit for another send in order to understand. What distinction it's made because I think we're we're interested in it from it in this from both a primary and secondary perspective, but I understand how much more challenging it can be sometimes yeah. to
0: i mean that that's it, yeah, that would be amazing it's really interesting to listen to the different people who've been using it and the challenges, and you see people who really engage they're really i mean it's value isn't it it's understanding the value and therefore prioritizing it um and I, similar to anything, I guess, that you roll out in an organisation, you've got your champions and they run with it, and then you need them to have the time and and the ability to prioritise it. Yeah, secondary is really interesting. In our in our post 16, we're trialling having a young person log in, so the young person themselves can do some self advocacy. They can there's a uh, a bit of a sort of visual screening process where they can answer things about their likes, dislikes, things they find hard and easy, um, to help generate they can generate some content for themselves and there's videos of other young people you know looking about top tips and things like that so you know also thinking about the other stakeholders the other people involved so the the young people themselves but parents carers as well and how can we better engage parents carers to be able to access so you can get a login as a parent and carer which so you can view your your child's what what you can view your child's targets and the, the activities but it would be great to have that as accessible as possible that's like a,
1: a a dream a future dream there really is and that's such a great development area isn't it because i know that parents and schools really want that build but the actual again capacity to ensure that build and that synergy um, shared language shared modeling all those things that we know help young people because it's consistency that they're seeing experiencing reinforcement Um, revisiting but actually to do that well takes a lot of capacity so that the idea that that could be there to support schools is is really is very exciting I'm going to stop us there because I want us to come back to this it's so interesting and I think if we can we can do this in chunks for people we are we are after all talking about accessibility we'll chunk it and um, I, I would really love to come back and and perhaps invite some um practitioners to join you and talk us amazing
0: great idea
1: yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Caroline. I really enjoyed it, and it is a fascinating area that I think we could really, you know, learn so much more about. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: The Askal Send Bites podcast with Margaret Mulholland.